are tuned in to the Way of Healing podcast, where we inspire humans to connect more deeply to their experience of life. My name is OJ. My name is Casey. We are connecting with practitioners to talk about the potential of the innate healing powers within. Welcome to another episode on the Way of Healing. Today we have a really cool guest today, Kevin Ko. Kevin is a personal trainer. He does meditation, coaching, he does energy readings and alignments. He deals a lot with chakras, also incorporates Reiki, bars, Psychic K. He's a certified personal trainer. And it's really exciting because Kevin is figuring out a way to integrate this holistic way of being and healing into something a little more mainstream like personal training. Welcome, Kevin. So happy to have you on the show. Hey. Yay, Kevin. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So on the surface level, right, you're a personal trainer. How exactly are you incorporating energy healing and Reiki and chakras into what you do? Okay, so I offer personal training for people who are interested in the holistic aspect of health. So we're not only working out through the physical, of course, we have to be in alignment, you know, feet, shoulders, make sure that the posture is straight. Also, that our emotional posture is straight. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, there's like a lot of stuff that we're going through energetically right now that it's not just about losing weight. Now, if you just want to do some service level, lose weight, get fit, body fat, you know, everyone has their goals. What I'm doing is operating in a context of, okay, well, how do we work out at the same time heal what's going on in the soul? So therefore, I incorporate a technique that includes chakra work. So squats, deadlifts, heavy leg work, that deals with rooting. Mm-hmm. That's like really getting present to like jumping, that's like really getting present to the lower three. So it's the root chakra, it's the sacral, sacral deadlifts, getting the hip flexor muscles, the hip hinge, you know, the explosion energy. Like this is all sacred, sexual, primordial force that can be released through physical work. So just as meditation is, as you're sitting in stillness, for about an hour and processing through emotions or memories or things that we resist, you know, working out physical movement is just as powerful. So I am learning and teaching people how to use movement as a way of meditation and stress relief. In addition to the lower three, what kind of work do you do for heart and throat and third eye? Is there, okay. is there stuff for that too? Yeah, of course. So uh, let's back it up really yeah, quick because sure. not everyone knows what a chakra is. Okay, so, cool. Did you want to talk a little bit about that before we go yeah, into Yeah, so we have the seven in the body, but there's more that go up. There's more that go down. There's a lot. There's chakras all over the world. Just energy <laughs> vortexes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if you want to stick to the body from what we know, what we've seen, um, the main seven go from the root to the crown. And these chakras or energy vortexes um, channel or they hold space or they control different parts of our body but also parts of our lives so therefore the root chakra deals with the anus letting go legs feet earth you know when you pass a bowel movement it becomes you know ish it becomes poo (laughs) goes into the earth you can cuss yeah shit you know this is like very (laughs) um earth energies and then let's go up to the sacral which deals with sexuality, which deals with our sexual organs, which deals with our genitals, which also deals with our expression, our freedom, our allowance, emotion, feeling, sensate awareness. Third chakra deals with the stomach, digestion. Heart chakra deals with love, lungs, having the capacity to breathe into life, 
holding space for life. Third chakra deals with your connection to truth, communicating the truth. Third eye deals with intuition, awakening, opening. Crown chakra deals with your higher self and God. So in terms of the question that you're asking, heart chakra, yes. So heart chakra stuff is when I start getting into the workout when it's either a cardio moment, a perseverance moment, or just gain to a real state of what that is in your heart that we quote unquote are running away from. Because sometimes we do this energy work and spirituality as another way to check out. Yeah. It becomes another drug. It becomes another like, I need to get, because there's something in the present moment that we have a hard time being with. So therefore, when we do go up to the higher chakra, this is about like, okay, well, what are you holding in the throat? For instance, the throat chakra, you could also use techniques like, hey, singing, screaming, letting it out. It's really about opening what we're holding within. So therefore, I'm just holding or creating techniques for people so that they can have a safe space really being with their emotions in any form, whether it's negative or positive. Because we are in a space right now where the new age movement is really about like learning to manifest and be positive, which is a good thing because we do need positivity in this world. But there is this icing of bullshit where we're using this as spiritual bypassing. It's like this kind of like, oh, we're just using this stuff to kind of go over the pain or like to kind of make it look pretty on top of the pain. Right. Masking it instead Masking of actually it. doing the work. Yeah, doing the work. So what is the work? It's like peeling layers. You're constantly peeling layers, accepting parts of yourself, needs to be living in a context of 100% responsibility. How do you be responsible for all these things that we've been running away from? And I'm just knowing that the more and more I do this and the more I create space within myself and my soul and in my body, things are just way more just fluid, just at ease, Yeah. you know? So yeah, it is about promoting a flow, getting people attached to their flow. Awesome. You said two words, create space, creating space. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so much of what this getting real with yourself is. Right. It's, it's taking out, it's peeling away the stuff that's been there that you're carrying that is taking up space for other things. Right. So, you know, when you talk about doing the work without doing the work, it is, it's just like adding more layers, more layers. and we don't have room for it. We don't. Um, so... Can you talk about some of the ways? Um, one thing, OJ, he didn't mention it in your intro, but I know that recently you've been doing a lot of work around shadow, yes, shadow work. Shadow Can work. you introduce our listeners to what shadow work is? So shadow work is really being present to the parts of us that we're most scared of. It's like the dark side. And not promoting people to go out there and get voodoo dolls and think about negative stuff. No, it's not black magic. <laughs> no, it's not, black, it's not magic. black magic. No, shadow work is really about just getting present to our own inner shadows. Some will call it demons, some will call it entities. You know, in the world of energy, it really is just like the parts of us that we are so uncomfortable with. And it's about really admitting to yourself about the things that you're uncomfortable with, at least with yourself. And in shadow work, I've noticed that the more and more I surrender, and you know, I allow my day or my meditation to be like an hour to two hours. And you know, in that moment, I really let myself just go there to things that I've been resisting, 
just let it have its moment. And I'm just noticing that the more and more I'm facing it and letting it have its moment, things are transmuting and things are opening up, like we said, creating space. So shadow work is very beneficial and I do promote it for people who are ready to take the next step to open up space. What are some of the ways that somebody can do shadow work? Like what does shadow work look like? So shadow work looks like mirror work. You know, just sitting in the mirror and just being present with yourself, right? And getting present to things that you dislike about yourself or dislike about the world, dislike about people, dislike about society. You could also go into different parts of your body. When you're closing your eyes, a technique that I teach my students is to really go into the heart. Like get out the head, let's go into the body. Because when you do go into the body and when you do go into the stomach, that's a whole nother consciousness. Because a lot of times, sometimes we just meditate and do our work from the head, but to actually be in meditation and to even go down all the way to the perineum, that's like a whole nother world of experience. And there are the things that you thought like you were over in your mind. Uh, not really. You're not really complete with it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it is really, you know, finding a balance with your body and your mind and getting present to where we have shadows or unresolved issues in the body and getting present to those things and transmuting them so that the positive thoughts actually manifest in reality with how we feel. Because sometimes you could think positive, but you don't feel positive. And you could smell it. (laughs) (laughs) You could smell it. You know, like, come on, like we're in this community. There's so many people out here wearing their garbs, you know, and line instant. And you know, it's like, you know, you I'm a chakra queen, I'm a chakra king. And like a lot of it sometimes can be so cost it's a style, it's a trend, especially in LA, it's a trend. Mm-hmm. But really I take this work serious because this is real lifestyle. This is like, you know, to me, it's an opportunity to clear our karma, to really make peace with ourselves in this dimension make peace with others. So this does require another level of conviction, another level of discipline, another level of intention to be like, you know what? I'm willing to be responsible for it all. But in order for you to do that, you have to be responsible for things that you don't like, the things that hurt, the things you don't want. You know, and not to get drained or blame everything on me, I'm not saying we need to punish ourselves either, but really break ourselves free from those things does require to go a little dark in the meditation. Before it gets to the light, because at the end of the session, before I'm done with clearing out all my dark stuff, it does get very light. You know, it becomes freeing. There's more space. Things open up. I love how you're talking about the work that you're doing. As a personal trainer, as a coach, it's very important to let your clients know that you're constantly working on yourself, right? Yeah. You're, you're striving for something um, ideal in a sense, but knowing that you're never going to be perfect right. and that you're constantly pushing the envelope towards getting there yeah right on both the physical and the emotional level right because like you said some people emotionally have or spiritually have done a lot of work but right. they walk around and their body says something else yeah there's something else yeah or vice versa there's a lot of personal trainers out there that are fat yeah yeah fat or broken or limping yeah or, limping and a lot of times these might not be physical things that they're yeah. dealing with. Yeah, no, just to the personal trainer thing, right? There's a lot of people out there in in that field who haven't done the emotional or the spiritual, yeah, spiritual work, work, right? And they are like solid, on, yeah, solid bricks, solid, right? Solid bricks. They walk around and, you know, they look tight or they look cut. Right. But what else is going on there? And really, ultimately, shadow work is something that I use to check my ego, and I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, I have no ego, or 
I know I got a fucking ego. You know what I mean? Like, I know we all do. You know, I mean, I acknowledge the people. If anything, when people tell me they don't have ego, I kind of like, okay, let me just, let me back off and observe what's going on here. Right. Because, you know, the more you deny it, actually, the bigger the ego is. It's the one in the background. It's like you can't run away from it. So the shadow work for me has been an opportunity for me to really check my ego, work with my ego, dance with my ego, rather than like push my ego away. Because, you know, there's so many things in spirituality that, you know, you can experience these DMT-like experiences with spirituality where you're just like in a whole nother dimension. And then you're like, I have no ego. But in that moment, you feel like you don't have ego because you're such a wide, empty space. But really what I'm trying to do is how do you hold that wide, empty space in your body? Yeah. Because there's a possibility that you're filling this wide, empty space, but you're not in your body. You're like on dimension 12. And you're checked out from this reality, not really, like, you know, not really operating powerfully. So when you work with people, do people usually seek you out for a personal training session and do you dive into the spirituality stuff or is vice versa or is it a mixture? Um, so I've worked with, you know, I've done group classes. I mostly get people more for the energy stuff. And then when they're ready for the physical aspect, like they need to release some physical stuff, that's when I bring it in. Because a session of mine could be strictly on the table or we're like doing physical exercise and we close it out on the table. But I definitely want like the table to be the end because the whole point of the table work is to complete the session. Mm. So yeah, most people reach out for me for energy alignment work just strictly on the table, but I'm open to all. I mean, I work, um, I worked at Equinox. So when I was at Equinox training clients, I was doing more of just the physical yeah. stuff. Not doing table work over there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I'm ready to just do, like, I want to do both, but I was ready to go more into just straight table work just because energetically there's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to be responsible and available for people. So I left Equinox last year's summer and I've just been doing my own thing. What was that transition like for you? Because this spiritual world, it's something completely different that not a lot of people understand, right? And mm -hmm. Going into this type of work, you never really know what you're going to get. And Equinox and something in the corporate world is safe. And right. it's like there's income always coming in. Mm -hmm. So what was that transition like when you finally decided, I'm done with just this. I'm going to go work on some deeper work and do my own thing. It was scary because now I'm on my own. I'm like hustling, you know, doing sessions on my own. So I don't have a corporate company to like hold me accountable for how many clients I have, stuff like that. So I need to hold myself accountable. But nonetheless, it's just freeing. You know, I just feel like able to walk away and just do my own thing. Like, that's what I'm here to do. And I know I took a big pay cut and I know I'm working my way back up. But it's just something where overall the sacrifice was needed because I needed space and time. And, you know, like, unfortunately, the corporate setting isn't the healthiest space to be in energetically if you're an empath. You know, you're talking about people who just operate on the left brain. So this heavy logic, heavy linear thinking, I'm sometimes very prejudiced and biased without knowing and feeling what they're doing. You know, there's just a lot of cold energy. Yeah. And I'm not going to talk about how, you know, it was bad. I need to get out of it, but it just wasn't healthy in the work that I was doing. So I just knew like, okay, I need to take a break from this because there's like a lot that I'm going through right now. That I'm also, I had to be responsible for. So I had to be responsible for leaving so that I could focus on what I need to do. 
It sounds like a lot of the people in the corporate world could use an experience like some chakra balance. Yes. I, I know that. <laughs> you know what? It's crazy because when I was at Equinox, I had to keep it really safe. I think a lot of people don't want to go there mm-hmm. in the corporate world just because, you know, especially if you're an exec, like to really look in the mirror and be like, damn, I've done some sociopathic shit here. You know, I think there's a lot of people who don't want to deal with that just to be responsible at that level. And not to say everyone in corporate is sociopathic or narcissistic. We're not saying that. But when I was in my experience at Equinox, there were a lot of times where I wanted, like I brought out the chakra book. I'm like, hey, so, you know, welcome. You know how it is when you join a gym. Like we have to give you the free session and stuff like that. A lot of people are like, oh, no, this is too much. Like I'm not trying to do that. <laughs> you know, they like, I just want to work out. I want to lose these 15 pounds. I just need a trainer. So therefore, I didn't feel safe to like really do what I wanted to do. So therefore, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to create my own. So that's when I just shifted to doing, you know, sessions in the park, sessions in people's homes. So, you know, I'm just creating a building. Yeah. What was your history like before you started personal training? Uh, we talked a little bit about it off air, but you moved from LA to Atlanta. Where did you really find yourself spiritually? So when I was a kid, like I used to see a lot, you know, there was just a lot of things going on as a kid and I didn't really understand it. My nightmares were pretty intense. I would see things and people really wouldn't understand. And I closed that door when I was about eight because I just didn't think that was safe for me to do or experience what I was experiencing. So when I moved to New York, I was 18. I was on my own. I was like, you know what? Let me just figure out this thing called life. I got a job at the airport. I was working at JFK. I was going to school full time. I was doing my thing out there. But I did um, come across The Secret in 2006. Mm-hmm. That's when the video came out. Oprah was talking about the video and the book came out. And even though it was so simple, it was so profound because it woke me up to realize like, hey, I do create this reality. Like I'm responsible for this reality. I'm like, I'm co-creating this reality. And then as I moved forward from that, there was like a period of me where I was like still trying to figure out life. And then I did Landmark, um, like you guys have, yeah. 2008. No, wait, right? Same year. Yeah, yep. different, different cities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Landmark is a paradigm shift in itself. I mean, whoa, think about like a whole... Yeah, you know, just everything getting swept away, and now I'm like, okay, well, I can recreate myself. So, you know, I dropped out of college, so I was wanting to go back, and then I was going back and forth between LA and Atlanta for work, and I was like, you know, it's time to go back to school. So I went to Georgia State, and in Georgia State, I also pledged and became a member of Omega Sapphire Fraternity Incorporated. At the cute dogs, I was the first person of non-black descent to cross my chapter. Whoa. Yeah. So very big. It was a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a lot mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. So, you know, I was in step shows, you know, did my thing. You know, I had a great time. Like I had such a good time in Atlanta. And also the interesting thing is as I crossed three months later, I um got my Reiki certification. Yeah. So therefore, when I went in to do Reiki, I was also with Omega. So therefore it was just interesting to live in those two realities how interesting what drew you to reiki when you were pledging a all-black fraternity in georgia well i always wanted more than what i got from landmark 
And I went back and I, I went to the center in, La- in Atlanta, I think one time, I think that's at the communication course in 2009, 10. This is when I went to Atlanta, live on my own as well to go to school. But there was just something where I was just like, oh, something's missing here. Yeah. You know, and there's, you know, the thing is like with Landmark and I love it because, you know, Landmark is powerful because a lot of it provides distinction. And, you know, it's about like checking your mind. Like really it's a lot of it was brain power mm-hmm. or like using the logic to check whenever your emotions will go crazy. Cause then you could like find the story, you could find the trigger. I love all that. You know, I love processing work, but I needed something in the heart. Cause I had a, like a lot of body trauma, you know, I had like a lot of physical ailments, like lower chakra issues, um, foot issues, things that were going on with my body that just weren't aligning with this great mental awakening I was having. Right. Like I needed my body to awaken. I needed like my emotions to awaken. There were so many different layers. So I went to do Reiki with Dr. Mark at the Hemke Institute in Atlanta. And yeah, he's a Qigong doctor. He teaches people in the community Qigong, Reiki, um, chakra work. He did lay out him with Jazz Jones, who are two of my teachers out there, definitely helped me just lay out the foundation of like soul work. Awesome. And then, yeah, after that, I just kind of went out, started doing my own thing. And, you know, I'm now working with other teachers like Mystic Pete. There's different teachers out here who I get different techniques from as I'm like building my own. Was Reiki something that you had been exposed to as a kid or as a young adult? You know, for people who don't know what Reiki is, can you talk about what it is and then also like your introduction to it? So Reiki is energy healing with the hands. No one in my family did Reiki. If anything, no one in my family really believed in this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, but my mom was very spiritual growing up. Spiritual as in religious? No, spiritual as in like, you know, we would have the altar, New Year's Eve, we would have the whole ritual, we would have the food out for our ancestors, we'd write in calligraphy, we'd open the door, ring the doorbell, like a whole New Year's ritual. And what heritage is that from? Korean. Okay. Yeah. We're actually, Koreans are actually very shamanic. We have a lot of shamanic work, but because of imperialism mm-hmm. and, you know, the Bible, we just, we love it. We like, we're we not going to let go. The work that we do now is superstitious. Like, you know, what I do now to my people, unfortunately, is very superstitious. You know, as you guys know, the South Korean president, she was locked up for confiding in her shaman because she was getting political information. And, you know, that was messy. She shouldn't have done that. But that just is in the context of like Koreans thinking that this is like complete BS. Because, you know, our culture is just so left right now. Like, we're trying to be leaders in the technology world. So, therefore, it does require you to cut a level of the soul off. So, therefore, because I'm doing so much soul work, I think a lot of my people look at me like, whoa, what are you doing? But to get to your question, yeah, Reiki wasn't something that I knew about. But when I saw it from my teacher, there was like a a moment like, oh, this is real. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because my mom has always been very spiritual. I was always, we were always raised with like a candle or incense burning, like, you know, monks chanting in the background, just playing, you know, the music, just all that. And I get the same thing when people look at someone like you or someone like me, the first thing they don't think of is, oh, this guy's spiritual. Right. right? And same with, with me and my culture, I didn't grow up around this kind of stuff. And so 
But a lot, a lot of my friends and family, now that I'm coming out with this podcast and talking about it a little more publicly, they're like, whoa, like, what do you, what do you do? My dad What's thinks- What's your background? Uh, Filipino. Filipino, yeah. My dad thinks I'm crazy. Yeah. And so for someone like you who is in the personal training world to be a conduit to bridge that gap between people that look spiritual and people that don't look spiritual right. and, and showing the public that you don't have to look a certain way to believe in this kind of stuff and right. to be able to tune in and to live life consciously, I think is huge. It is huge. And to bridge that, because like she's like you said, like you could be super spiritual and you could be out here like eating McDonald's every day, or you could just be having like a real messy life and fat, like no connection to the body. <laughs> you know? Or you could be super like fit, you making like millions of dollars, you're grounded, like you have strong earth energy but you have absolutely no connection to the soul, your higher self. Yeah. And you know, the work is about, okay, well, how do I bring these two worlds? How do I bring my left brain and my right brain together mm -hmm. to really create this great balanced state? So, you know, as I'm on my own journey, you know, I'm providing space for others. Yeah, bravo. So one of the things that I've found is that spiritual people come in all forms and shapes and sizes and colors. And they're in all professions and all walks of life. You've got super spiritual people in the corporate world. Yes. Absolutely. And part of this, we might call ourselves light workers or other things or, you know, indigo children, whatever you want to call <laughs> it, whoever we are. You meet people along the way and it helps disperse any preconceived notions of what you think a spiritual person looks like or right. what somebody doing the work looks like. Right. And so I love it when I'm checked in that way where I walk into a situation and I, you know, I'm holding my, my own judgments around what this person is showing me outwardly. And then I learn, Oh snap, that was my spiritual s sister in the corporate world. That was my spiritual sister right. in that capacity mm -hmm. or brother or aunt or uncle. So I think there's a lot of power in that because spirituality is for everybody. Connecting deeply is for everybody. Balancing left and right brain, balancing our root with our crown, that is work that is available to everyone. Right. And I think that that's a big reason that we're doing this podcast. Yes. So... Sometimes we're met with resistance. Sometimes people look at us cross-eyed. But the nature that you're talking about where you grew up with a mom who you found was spiritual, because that is there. That is underneath all of the stuff right. of society, all of the conditioning, all of the left brain, all of the do, go, work, hard, fast. What is something that you find that helps you recharge or renew this sense of drive or this sense of confidence in doing this work? I think that sometimes we can get a little bit depleted. Yeah. So how do you, other than your maybe one to two hours of meditation, what do you do, for example, when you encounter somebody who is just like not open energetically or not, you know, just really closed off to that? Like, how do you create a crack right. to let the light in? Right. Is this someone that I'm going to do work with or just someone in general? In general. Yeah, both. In general? Yeah. Yeah, it could well, be anybody you encounter. I, I don't force nothing on no one. Okay, so if I feel like you're like complete, like, hey, my boundaries are up. This is where I'm at. I'm like, I love Jesus. I love Allah. Like, don't mess with me. I give him the space to do that. 
because I don't want to make it seem like, okay, where I'm at is better than where you're at. Because you might be in a completely different space that I have no knowledge about that might be extremely powerful as well. So I'm going to give you your space. Now, if someone who's posing questions, hey, you know, are you, they're closed off, but they're curious. I really just give them what they're, you know, they're asking for at the boundaries that they wanted. So, hey, some people just want to know about the chakras, but they don't want you to offer them a meditation or they don't want to do the meditation with you. I'm like, hey, I'll send them a YouTube video. Hey, there's this binaural beat that you could listen to when you go to sleep. This is a good way for you to activate your solar plexus. You know, so it is about dancing. You know, I love to salsa. I love to merengue. So it's about that. Okay, well, you just, okay, that's, that's cool. Well, here, take this. Yeah. If you say no, like, I don't want this to become another religion because we have enough of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not about to create another religion. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> doing that. I'm not going to have those karma, that karma on my hands. So, yeah, it is about um, just, I think, about just being very spacious with the way I offer what I do or just be very spacious, period, so that they could experience themselves. And usually what I'm learning is that the more powerfully you listen, the more they'll get it on their own. And that's when it becomes real for them. Right. It's when you're like in their face and almost like drilling into them is when they're like a no. But it's like a way, there's a technique I'm learning how you listen. Like the way you listen is the way you can really activate someone. Mm. This is a powerful medicine that you're sharing. And it's also, I imagine that you apply this to people in your personal life or your family or, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes it's like those areas is where we encounter a lot of resistance. Yes. So is it, is that? You apply sort of the yeah, similar. Yeah, I have to check myself because, you know, when it's with family or close friends, sometimes our triggers could overpower us and we get, for, you know, we forget about it. But yeah, I, once I feel it and I see it, I tell my eyes to be quiet, just be quiet and just release and just give them 100% of my ears. And something happens when you get into their world. And maybe this is all the landmark training that I've done or the own Reiki training, but literally just giving someone permission to like have their space to me has been one of the most profound tools to share for myself and others. Yeah. Even including like my family members who, you know, could irk the shit out of me. Right. Cause you know, family could take you there. Oh. <laughs> right. Family could really, you know, cause it's so real family. Like I said, that's root, that's root chakra. So I've learned to, you know, that's why I do my shadow work is being okay with the really uncomfortable parts of myself and just going there. So therefore, since family does trigger really deep, uncomfortable parts, I just force myself to go there. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, right? It's not wrong. It just, it happens. Yeah. No, I mean, go there as in, in my meditation, deal with my, my shit, mm. you know? So, because I know that family is probably the root, a lot of our <laughs> Literally. stuff. If anything, right now, just to share with you guys, I'm getting ready to donate my kidney to my dad. Oh. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, so. Welcome to our show, Kevin. Yeah. Ho. <laughs> huh. Yeah, so it's a lot of triggers in that. Like, you know, you're talking about, I mean, I love my dad, but, you know, my dad is a Vietnam vet. You know, he's very left brain, very Korean man. You know, the Korean liquor store owner, just like very like, do this, do that. I mean, he didn't own a liquor store. You know, we did clothing, but (laughs) the owner, you know, the shop owner, the energy of the shop owner, the energy of like, you know, kind of making sure everything is 100% in order. And 
growing up with that, you know, my dad didn't really think that I was going to be a shamanic healer or an energy worker. I mean, he was proud of me being a personal trainer, but I think he expected me to just do what most Korean kids are told to do, which mm-hmm. is like, go be a doctor, or go be a lawyer, go get a good job at corporate, you know? So because I didn't do that, you no, know, there was a lot of resistance to what I do because, you know, here you are trying to heal your dad energetically, holistically, before it got to this fucking point. You know what I mean? You know, but I had to clear all this stuff in my heart where I was like, how did I get to this point? Like, how do we get here? Like, why did you get yourself to this point? And you know, me as a healer, like I was mad at myself for not doing more. Like, what could we have done, you know, to like, really help heal my dad, help heal everyone else. Like there was so many different things that I need to be responsible in my own heart that's related to my dad's surgery that I had to get put into all the triggers. So it got in the midst of the shadows, you know, my dad was very resistant to receiving my kidney because he didn't want to get involved. He just wanted to do his thing. But he did recently, I think this last year when he was like, come on, let's do it. So we've been in the process with UCLA this last year to get my dad approved. I'm approved. Um, I passed all the tests, but now we're getting my dad approved. So that was a whole year of just like processing. Yeah. Dad and son issues. Yeah. And that's huge too, as a strong male masculine figure, right? Mm-hmm. To, and as a father. To finally accept help from your son yeah. or even ask for help. Yeah, it's, to receive it. Yeah, I'm sure you've tried to do a lot of work, but I, that in itself speaks measures as to how you've affected your father. Yeah, thank you. By allowing him to, or, or by him allowing you to do something like that. No, right? it's big because he did resist me for a while. I get it because he didn't want to like, you know, make sure like I could live with two kidneys. Like he wanted to make sure my health was on point. Hmm. But, you know, there's also things where, you know, he just flat out said, you know, I only believe in energy work. I only believe in energy leaks. So it's like, <laughs> you know, I was like, damn, we, we could have avoided all this stuff, dad. But, you know, really, I'm okay with it. If it has to be that raw as a kidney, I'm okay with it. Because I know that, because I'm, and listen, I'm a holistic trainer, so I'm all about natural stuff. Like, I will go to herbs before I take an ibuprofen. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But I guess for my dad, there were so many things that were so foreign to him that he questioned like my shamanic practices, like energy work. Does it really heal or is it just like foo-foo? Like you just really trying to like, you know, wish or pray on it, you know? So I had to clear my resistance or, yeah, I guess some of my frustration or anger that my dad wasn't open to energy healing before he got this severely ill. And, you know, he was open to the herbs and stuff but like you know the meditation like okay let's heal this at least on a soul level a lot of people don't see the purpose of it mm-hmm. you know i think a lot of people kind of look at it like what's the point of feeling all these bad emotions but you know this is what brought me to this point you know so i'm okay with giving my dad a new kidney or giving him my kidney and us dugging out for the next 10 years my intention is to have everyone healed and to everyone live in the most in the best and highest interest for themselves. And right now, if that's for my dad, like I'm so for it. Yeah. And going back to energy healing, even though Reiki is energetic and it can be hands off and you can do distance Reiki, right? If someone isn't open to receiving it, 
Yeah. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't just, hey, dad, I'm going to do Reiki on you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've done a lot of Reiki like that. But, you know, sometimes, you know, that will bite you in the butt because mm-hmm. you get drained. Right. You know, and I actually sometimes, you know, I got words. I'd hear voices saying, you know, just hold space. You don't have to give it to them. Right. Yeah. Because the thought, their thought, the energy behind their thoughts is super powerful. Right. right? So if they are resistant to whatever you're trying to do help-wise, just that thought process of them resisting is is going to keep them stuck. Exactly. Right? There's no space against space for the right. energy to do its work. Right. So like I said earlier, like I I don't force the healing. I just kind of, you know, just do what I do. So I do what I can with him. I mean, it got to this point where he needs a new kidney and he needs it. I'm doing it 100%. I'm excited. I'm ready. Yeah. You know, so that's where I'm at. He's going to get some energy one way or another. Yeah, he's going to get it. literally getting literally it, gonna get it. Right, it's implanted. Not, it can't get away now. Right. You're doing your work, yes, my friend. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Maybe you can infuse your kidney. Yeah, with it's already my, infused. Yeah, it's already infused. It's already in here. So, yeah, I mean, if that's going to be the new chapter, you know, I'm definitely ready. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. But to go back to the question of, like, recharging, it's really, yeah, working out, doing my meditation an hour a day, and also questioning my beliefs. Mm-hmm. Constantly. I'm in a state of question. Yeah. Not in a space of like, oh, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? But really like the when I get to a space where I plateau, the thing I like to do is just question my core beliefs, like the things that I just think are what's so. Like, you know, and they could be as simple as like, oh, I believe this person is like that. Or I believe that the reason why this happened was this. Like, question it all. And I know that whenever I get to those plateaus and I question, it gets to kind of break up the thing that's stuck. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it does open up stuff. So, yeah, questioning. It also kind of teaches me to not be as attached. So, yeah, questioning, reclarifying, meditation, and physical exercise. And eating McDonald's. I mean, Don't eat McDonald's. No, no, not eating McDonald's. <laughs> I want to just go back really quickly to something that you were talking about. You mentioned that some people just don't want to feel these bad emotions. Mm -hmm. What I'd like to run by both of you is that the bad emotions are there. Mm -hmm. They are there and they are imprinting in our bodies. So better out than in is what a teacher of mine has said. And it's like they're there whether we acknowledge them or not. And the longer we don't acknowledge them, the more entrenched they get inside our system and then it's that much more work to get them out. Yeah, mm-hmm. cancer. Um, yeah, all all of it. Body symptoms. All of that kind of stuff. And I was thinking this morning. I'm driving around a car full of dogs, and I was thinking about more on the dogs later. I I hike in the mountains with dogs a couple yeah, days a week. I love it. And I was thinking about there's the energy that's like the superficial energy. That's the day to day. That's the the moment to moment energy. And when we work at clearing that regularly then it allows us to maintain a healthier system overall so that the internal energy that if we don't clear that daily energy it doesn't bulk up we don't get the tumor or the thing or the thing or the thing right Right. because we're doing more of that light house cleaning house cleaning before we've got to like you know take down the wall right yeah yeah stabilizing the foundation that's powerful 
that there's like different energies. There's right. the light energy of the moment to moment, which is again, this living in this presence in this being state where we know that the things that we're doing are impacting us and becoming aware. And one of the things that I'm wondering if either of you can speak to is again, we can't force awareness, mm-hmm. right? There is no forcing evolution or right. consciousness. It's happening already as it's happening. So maybe there isn't even a question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 happening, like you said. It's already like whether you like it or not, it's happening. Mm-hmm. So you could be in denial of it and you could just act like things are just so, but you know, it's just there's a huge shift occurring right now. There's a huge evolution of consciousness happening right now. I mean, like I we said, there's no way we could force other people. So what I preach is like, just be it. Mm-hmm. Just walk it and be it. And the more you be it, the more you'll create space for other people to feel like, oh, it's safe for me to go in there too. And you know, it becomes a, a, a ripple effect. Cause I think anything else would just be like, you know, the old paradigm of us like, being the one speaker, inspiring everyone else, and then everyone leading and following, well, everyone following the leader. Whereas I do feel like there's like this new push in this consciousness where like people are all going to become their own leaders mm-hmm. and people are going to experience this awakening within. Right. Because this awakening isn't just like this huge esoteric external experience. It's actually a huge shift within. So therefore, what I preach for other people is like, well, how do you help other people? Help yourself first. Clean out your closet first. Deal with deal with whatever's going on with you first in your house. And then from that space, people will feel inclined and wanting to shit themselves. So it's almost like everyone just needs to wake up to heal themselves right now. Yeah. Awaken within and then awaken without. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where someone like you comes along with a personal training. Right. Chakra work. work, Get on the table. Yeah. So anyone looking for guidance or, or somewhere to turn to, to find their own awakening that's what us healers are here to do right yes. to hold the space for you guys to have your own actualizations and awakenings within yourselves we're not forcing anything we're more holding space so that way the messages come clear to them right. right what would you recommend for someone who is looking to do some deeper work how would they start with themselves so you know i would recommend someone just to start writing about really dark things in the past that they experienced. Um, so trauma, um, this usually is around in the world of trauma. So if you're dealing with things that haven't been addressed, things that trigger guilt, things that trigger violation or grief, things that trigger shame, we're talking about the most uncomfortable things. Um, write it down. Just start talking about it. You know, you don't have to open up the door wide open in the beginning, but the first step is to start writing. And if you're not a writer, talk it out. Look in the mirror and start looking in your face and look in the eyes and just start expressing yourself the things that need to be acknowledged. Because like you said, it's not like it's not there. You're just not acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. Better way in than out. But, you know, I think some people are just so, so used to the paradigm of like needing to be strong and pushing through that this whole concept of like surrendering, accepting, letting go is like so foreign to some people that they will never do that, but they don't realize, hey, ego is really taking over. Ego is really not allowing you to grow. 
So yeah, the first step to me in going deeper is to first start acknowledging those things that are traumas or are very uncomfortable parts of who we are and things that have happened to us or things we've experienced and either talk about it, write about it, but let it have a voice. Right. And then after going to meditation, usually a meditation with shadow work go from 30 minutes to two hours. But within the 30 minute, 40 minute meditation mark, you just start feeling some of those stuff and start like crying, screaming, punching. I mean, (laughs) any technique, because it is a a technique taught by my teacher, Mystic P, which is called emotional yoga. And emotional yoga is like giving each moment that you suppressed its moment. Mm -hmm. And that usually comes in deep, like around the, like to me, people get vulnerable after like 45 minutes of meditation. Cause to me, it takes about 30 to 45 for you to really get into like that state. And you know, that is the state in between. I don't know what wave it is. I don't know if it's Delta or Gamma, but there's a frequency in between sleep and being present. Theta? Is it Theta? Well, Theta is the parasympathetic. Parasympathetic? Right? Is it? But that's yeah, so when you're kind of there. There's a liminal there. state yeah. that you're right. It takes 30 to 45 minutes to like peel back, peel all, back get out of the head. Get out of the head. Right? All of the yeah. stuff. Stuff. Because you think it's just, it's all mental. Like a lot of the processing we do, for for instance, at like a Tony Robbins seminar, a lot of that stuff is, is mental. Mm-hmm. But to really get into like the deep, if you really want to dig, yeah, 45 minutes. Yeah. 45 minutes to keep you safe and then give yourself a, like a room. Like, okay, get into a house and like imagine different rooms. And in each room you walk into, get present to that thing that you've been saying no to. So yeah, around the 45, 50 minute mark, go into the house. And this is all in the meditation now. This is the guy meditation. Go into the house and allocate each room as a room where you've experienced trauma that you've like forgot about or you pushed away mm-hmm. and just go and take it up a notch 10. And then in that realm, you'll notice like an extraction. So whether it's tears or whether it's body movement or whether it's anger or whether it's punching, you're gonna feel what that is that we've stored inside for so long. And somehow after you experience it, you could use a technique to like palm the light, call on your angels, Whatever that is, but after experiencing it, like you could use whatever tool you do with your heart to accept it. Because mm. really it's about having compassion for yourself and having compassion for others. But for you to get to that space, you really have to go into the heart and really accept it and say yes to everything you've said no to. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> compassion for the experience. Compassion for the experience. It. Yeah. Like being okay like with the whole thing. The hot mess the hot of life. Mess of life. Mm. The chaos. Yeah. You know, the primordial force. You know, people use magic. Like, people really use this chaos as magic. You know, this chaos magic. I don't know if you guys know about Wiccan and mm-hmm. hoodoo, but people use this energy that we've been suppressing for, you know, sometimes egoic stuff. But you could use this chi as a form of power. And, you know, I know in workouts, I know manifestation techniques that processing this stuff has given me more fuel than anything else right because it breaks it down and whether it's a dark energy or a light energy it's then broken down and we can use it the body uses it utilizes it exactly yeah 
So Kevin, I know that, that you do Reiki and that you're a personal trainer and you've talked about, you know, how you combine these things in a session. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what some of your table work might be like? You've talked a little bit about some of the personal training work and the squats and the deadlifts and that sort of thing. What might somebody experience on the table? So someone coming on the table would be someone laying on their back and then me doing a chakra scan. So the first set, the par- first part of the session is the reading. And then we're just going through, okay, what's, what are you holding there? Are there any cords? You know, are there any cords with other people? Okay, let's clear that out. You know, let's just bring it back to you. So it's like a, a wash. It's a cleanse. So we do the, the acknowledgement of the energy, acknowledgement of what's present. And then through Reiki and the guided meditation, meditation, I do take people, I don't like call it astral traveling, but we're doing, I'm really holding your hands and we're going to like a really deep part of the soul. And as we do that through each chakra, as we're processing that moment or processing the shadow work, I as a guide help you transmute that energy. So a lot of the session sometimes do go into the shadow work aspect. I actually am holding your hand through the shadow work and I'm helping you release that. So in a two hour, like, you know, most sessions are about 90 minutes, two hours, you really come in dealing with, if you come in intentional with questions or emotions and things that need to be released, by the end of two hours, you'll experience the full spectrum of emotions. Because authentically, we're going from shame, which could be at a zero, to excitement, which could be at a hundred. But like, how do you work your way up authentically rather than just you pretending that you're excited when you're really ashamed? Right. <laughs> you know? So I'm teaching people how to transmute their emotions or their energy authentically. Not just like, hey, think positive, but no, use the energy, learn to channel it, learn to move through it, breathe through it, take right. it up a notch, keep embracing it. And by the end of the session, um, you know, and after the alignment, whether Reiki and Qigong or any other energy medicine technique was done, they receive some homework. I give them some breathwork techniques to do meditation, homework. And, you know, some people see me once a week and some people see me once every eight months and some people just need one session with me. Very cool. That's the way a lot of this healing seems to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because we never know. You never know. You never know what you're going to get. Kevin, this has been a great, great pleasure. So happy to have you here today. Thank you. Kevin Co., ladies and gentlemen. And Kevin, if people want to reach out to you and find you, they can tune into our website. Um, but do you want to also give any contact information? or, or... Yeah, so Soul Body LA is my Instagram. I am also can be found at soulbodyla.com. And just go ahead and shoot me a message on my Instagram or my website, and we could definitely be in communication. Yeah. Very cool. That's soul body, S-O-U-L body, B-O-D-Y-L-A. Yes. Dot com. And I was, I was listening to another podcast you were on, but do you travel a lot for, for work as well? Yes. Yeah, so I have a lot of clients in New York and a lot of clients in Atlanta. Um, I do speak Spanish, so I have a good Dominican clientele. Yeah. In the Heights. In the Heights. What? Yeah. Word. In the Heights. Sweet. Yeah. So, you know, I work with a lot of Hispanic clients in where I live at right now, but I also work with a lot of Dominicans in New York. So I'm a lot in New York. I'm in a new in LA in Atlanta as well. So New York, Atlanta, LA. But since I've been prepping for the surgery, I've been staying low and being close to home. But I do plan to travel once again once I'm done with everything. Yeah. Just hopefully in a couple months. Right. So everybody tuning in, uh, just send Kevin your love and positive energy and wish him well through this entire process with his father. Um, but yeah, such a pleasure having you here. 
Thank you so much. Such such good work that you're doing. Thank you so much. This is powerful. And thank you guys for holding space in the community, giving people a voice. This is definitely needed. Thank you guys so much. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in to The Way of Healing. We hope that you find yourself inspired. If you enjoyed our show, a gift is to let others know. And we want to hear from you. Please share your feedback so we know how our work is resonating. Make us aware of modalities and practitioners whom we may not know. If you haven't already, please subscribe at thewayofhealingpodcast.com. Our email is thewayofhealingpodcast at gmail.com and find us at facebook.com forward slash thewayofhealing. Remember, a rising tide lifts all boats.